0: everybody, welcome to another edition of our Thursday night Parashat Shavua class. Tonight we are studying Parashat Toledot, ele Toledot Yitzchak ben Abraham. What an amazing parasha we have, so much incredible things. Of course, the birth of Yaakov and Esav, the blessings that Yaakov takes from Esav, the sale of the firstborn rights from Esav to Yaakov, so on and so forth. It is a jam-packed parasha. And today, I'd like to spend some time with you looking at the parasha in a different light. And hopefully, B'ezrat Hashem, by the time we're done here, have a new understanding of what is taking place in one pasuk of this parasha and how it affects our lives, um, Just not just now, but as we move forward. And even Ad Mi'ave Simshana. Or techiyat when we come back to life in the days of Mashiach. In Parashat Toldot, the parasha begins with a pasuk that says, "Vayihi Yitzchak ben arba'im shana bekachto et Rivka bat Betuel ha'Arami mipadan Aram achot Lavan ha'Arami l'Oleisha." Yitzchak was forty years old when he took Rivka, the daughter, of Betu- the daughter of Betuel ha'Arami, from Padan Aram, the sister of Lavan to be his wife. On a very simple level, this pasuk is just telling us exactly what I translated. Yishak was 40 years old. That's when he married Rivka. Rivka was a daughter of Betuel the She was a sister of Lavan and took her as a wife. But we know that the Torah is elucidated on four different levels. We call this Pardes. Pardes refers to Pei Reish dalit Samech. Pei is the Peshat the straightforward, simple interpretation like I just translated. The remez is the allusions, many times includes gematriot and rasheh acronyms. Derash is more elaborate elucidations, sometimes including stories. And of course, last but not least is sod. Sod is the mystical and hidden meanings of the text. And the source of this concept is found in the teachings of the Arizal, where he lists the items that we are all required to fulfill. And he adds there that a person has to strive in his life to engage in each of these four levels of Torah study, each one according to his abilities. A person needs to seek someone suitable to teach him that. And if a person lacks any of these four, he says very harsh words, he is sure to reincarnate as a consequence. Meaning if you only spent your life Learning the pshat, the simple text, and you did—you totally ignored the drash or the remez or the sod, that's not good. You're going to have to come back a different time to study and make up what you missed. So I want to look at this pasuk that I started off tonight in a different light. It's fitting to examine the elucidation of this pasuk that is brought down in the Zohar HaKadosh. The Zohar represents the plains of Remes and Sod. This pasuk is seen as an allusion, with an A, to the time of Mashiach, the future redemption. Forty years after the redemption, the Jewish people will merit the resurrection of the dead, and the neshama will return to re-enter the body of, and bring it back to life. And according to the Zohar, this is what the Pasuk means. <inaudible> Yitzchak alludes to the Neshama, that will return and re enter the body 40 years after. Rifka alludes to the physical body that will be resurrected. But Betuel Ha'arami, the daughter of Betuel Ha'arami, is an allusion to the fact that the physical body will rise and be revitalized in the merit of a single bone that does not decay in the grave and remains intact. This bone is referred to as Betuel Ha'arami, according to the Zohar. The body is destined to be rebuilt from this particular bone at the time of resurrection. And therefore, the body is called but Betuel Arami, the daughter of Betuel Arami, since it regenerates from the bony entity known as Betuel Arami, and that's how the Zohar elucidates this pasuk. Further, in the Zohar, writes something incredible, and he states that he was he quoting in the name of Rav Huna. Rav Huna was one of the rabbis who lived in the time of the Gemara. He was one of the Amora'im. Ravuna states that he was once in a city by the sea and he heard people referring to the bone in the spinal column that remains in the grave after the body is gone as Betuel Ha'arami. Betuel the fraud. Ha'arami means the deceiter. And after inquiring, he was told that this bone has the shape of a snake's head. And just like the snake is deceptive and fraudulent, so too this bone is the most fraudulent bone in the body. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai taught that this bone remains in existence long after the other bones because it deceptively does not partake from human consumption as the other bones do, as we're going to talk about. And as a consequence, it remains strong and is the essential building block for the resurrection of the body. Then Rabbi Shimon taught us that it's a fraud, the bone. It was always a fraud. And was the neighbor of the deceptive and fraudulent Yetzer Hara. This is what the Zohar writes. As you can imagine, there's a lot going on over here. And like I said, I hope by the time we're done tonight, we'll have a better idea of what this bone is all about. Of course, all the commentaries in the Zohar are baffled by the fact that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai chooses to refer to this unique bone, the basis of the resurrection, the basis of Tehiyat HaMetim, as Betuel HaArami. Betuel HaArami. It's a fraud. It was always a fraud. Question number one is, why is it a fraud? More than that, if it is a fraud, how does it merit remaining intact and constituting the building block from which the Tehiyat HaMetim, the resurrection of the dead, is going to begin. More than that, the Zohar initially interprets Bat Betuel, the daughter of Betuel, as the granddaughter of, of God. That's what Betuel means. Bito El, the daughter of God. So therefore, the daughter of Betuel is the granddaughter of God which is an honorable title, if you think about it, to be the daughter of God, or at least a granddaughter of God, why then does the Zohar conclude that this bone, referred to as Betuel Arami, is a fraud and was always a fraud? Okay, so those are our questions. So, first we need to indulge in the marvelous statements of our Chachamim in the Talmud and the Midrash, concerning the nature of this bone that I'm talking about, the unique bone. Why does this bone merit to remain intact and unscathed, and as a consequence, is able to serve as the seed, for man's resurrection, So we find a source for this in the Midrash in Parashat Bereshit, at the end. There, the Midrash writes, and I quote: "Vayomer Hashem Et Adam." At the end, when God saw that the world was corrupt and He wanted to destroy the world by a flood, right before Noah, Rabbi Ochanan b'Shem Rabbi Shimon ben Yatzak Amar: "Afilu luz shel Even the bone, the luzz on the vertebrae—that's the name of the bone. "Shemimenu Akadosh Baruch Ta Adam LeAtid Lavo Nimhay." That bone, where God is going to use to resurrect the world, to resurrect the people, that bone will also disintegrate when he destroys the world. In fact, this bone has such powers that uh, Hadrian Adrianus once uh, asked about it to Rabbi yoshua ben Hananiah and he asked, where is your God going to resurrect the dead from? And he told him, from this bone, this bone, the loo, so he went and he found the bone, I guess, of someone that passed away. And he tried grinding it. He tried dissolving it. He tried burning it. He tried pulverizing it. And he couldn't do anything. It remained intact. Unbelievable. So this Midrash was concerning the generation of the flood. The bone from which HaKadosh Baruch will resurrect the dead in the future is called Luz Shel Shidra, the Luz of the spinal column. It is invulnerable. Whether you, Again, whether you attempt to grind it or burn it or pulverize it, it remains intact. And this this bone has very, very special importance. Our rabbis tell us that the Luz Shel Shidra, Shehi Chulia tana. It is the small vertebrae at the tip of the spinal column that in reference to the blessings. What does it mean, the blessings? So, I should inform you of a Gemara and Masechet Brachot that asks a question. Why did the rabbis institute 18 blessings in Shemona Esre? In our Amidah, why, why are there 18 blessings? And the answer that one of the answers that's given is keneget Shmona Bashidra. It corresponds to the eighteen vertebrae in the spine. Eighteen blessings, eighteen vertebrae. At which point the Gemara asks, Hanitamni Sari, Tishisari Why do you say that there's eighteen blessings in our Amidah? When in reality, there are 19 blessings. If you were to open the Sidur right now and count the blessings of our Amidah, you will find that there are 19. There are not 18 blessings. So that's what the Gemara's question is. Why do you say 18? It should be 19. And the Gemara answers, Amar birkat ha-tsidukim, The blessing of the Tsidukim, which we call laminim that blessing, be-yavne that blessing was instituted later on in the city of Yavne. And then the Gemara asks, According to what? What what is corresponding to that blessing? You told me that the 18 blessings are the 18 vertebrae in the spine. So now you have a 19th blessing. What does it correspond to? And the Gemara answers, In addition to the 18 vertebrae, there exists one more small vertebrae. And the bracha that there should be no more hope for the informers, it was instituted to correspond to that vertebrae. The Chachamim explain that this small spinal vertebrae that the Gemara talks about, which corresponds to the 19th bracha, is none other than this loose bone, this bone called loose located in the spinal column. And it's this bone that the Midrash stated that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is going to use to resurrect man from in the future times. <clears throat> in fact, there's another place that it writes that this um, this tiny vertebrae at the end of the of the column, right after the 18 vertebrae, the entire human body decays except for this one bone, and it resembles a shakid. Remember, it resembles an almond. Nevertheless, according to this explanation, number one, why were there only 18 blessings instituted to begin with? And if it was unnecessary to institute a bracha corresponding to this tiny bone, then why was the bracha of laminim ve l'malshinim, the heretics, the blessing of the heretics, why was it added, corresponding to this tiny vertebra, after heresy became so prevalent? What is the connection between this loose bone and the bracha addressing the heretics? So that's another thing we have to put in our back of our mind that we're going to answer tonight. We need to uncover one more fact, one more very important fact, concerning this bone that remains intact and from which HaKadosh Baruch Hu will initiate the Tehiyat ha-metim. There is a halacha in Shulchan Aruch, that is actually taken from a Gemaran Masechet Shabbat, that talks about the mitzvah of Melave Malka, which is the fourth meal that a person has after Shabbat. On Shabbat, you're supposed to have three meals, Friday night, Shabbat morning, and Seudah Shelishit. And then you have Seudah the fourth meal, which is Motzei Shabbat, and it's called Melave Malka. And there Shuchan Aruch writes the following, Leolam yesader Adam A person should always set aside his table on Motzei Shabbat, to accompany out the Shabbat. Afilu eno Even if he only wants to eat a small amount of a kazait, that's all he needs, but he's got to set his table. The Bet Yosef explains the reason for this practice, and he writes. Ever yesh ba'adam there is a limb a human limb in the in the body and the name of this limb is niskoy this bone this limb does not derive any benefit from one's meals except on motzaei shabbat now this bone is the same bone that we've been talking about, the loose bone. Ki and I quote a perush, We know that this bone that Shuhana Aruch is talking about, his name is Luz. Vehu it is the central part of the of the existence of man, nitava Adam be'etsem yamut and when man will die... This bone will not diminish, it will not disintegrate, it will not lessen. And if you put in fire, it will not burn. It will not be be ground if you put it into a mill. It's a bone that is eternal. And that is where man will resurrect from. So, this bone survives all of eternity. It's a seed for man's resurrection. It receives man's reward and punishment after death. This bone has heavenly origins. And now, after discussing all this and going on, it even says that a person who is careful to observe this practice, the Melave meal, and nourish this bone with that food that only nourishes on, on Motzei Shabbat, he will enjoy the rewards and the delight, and all the sachar, for the righteous people. So let's summarize what we have so far, and then we're going to answer all this. Number one, we have this concept that the Zohar refers to this special bone as betuel ha'arami, because of its fraudulent, deceptive behavior. The second thing we spoke about so far is that Midrash, the Midrash refers to it as the loose bone in the spine because it's indestructible. The third thing we said was that the Gemara refers to it as a small vertebrae in the spine and the 19th vertebrae corresponding to the 19th bracha, la-minim vela malchinim. And the last thing we explained was that the scholars called this also Niskoi, And it does not derive any benefit from our food that we partake during the week. It only derives benefit from the food that is eaten on Moza'e Shabbat. We've also posed two questions. Number one, what about this bone is fraudulent? Earning the title Betuel Ha'arami, Arami, the fraudulent one. And... Why was the bracha concerning the why was the bracha concerning the heretics the, laminim and the malshinim, specifically instituted corresponding to this vertebrae? But let's add one more question: How do we explain the incredible fact that this bone does not derive benefit from any food other than what's eaten on Motzei Shabbat in the meal of the melave malka? To answer these questions. We have to look at the great Ya'abetz, Rabbi Yaakov Emden Ben Svi, and his Sidur. He has one of the great Pirushim on the Sidur. And he writes It's imperative that every Torah scholar be aware and review this to understand to a small degree, even, the significance of this bone, this loose bone which is located in our body. What does he say? During the process of creation, God created man's physical form, his body. The Torah writes, And Hashem, God, formed man from soil, from the soil of the earth, and he blew into his nostrils the soul of life. And man became a living soul. In truth, after the sin of the etzadat, the sin of eating from the tree of knowledge, the reality of death was decreed and imposed upon all living creatures. Nevertheless, since man does not utilize his physical body to perform mitzvot, and since man does utilize his uh, his body to perform mitzvot and good deeds, Hashem wanted to resurrect the very same body rather than create an entirely new body. And that's why Hakados Hu prepared the remedy prior to the malady. He created the medicine before he brought the sickness. And he created a unique entity within the physical body called the loose bone. And this bone stands apart from all other physical parts and structures of the body in that it's composed of a unique material not made up of the four basic elements of fire, water, wind, and earth. It does not derive benefit from any food substance so that its existence is not dependent on any physical nourishment or sustenance. And that's why it exists for all eternity. It doesn't decay. It's not consumed by fire. It serves as the building block to which HaKadosh Baruch Hu will build a person anew again during Tehiyat HaMetim, resurrection of the dead. Says the Yavetz. he explains why the Zohar HaKadosh refers to this bone as Betuel HaAramim. He gives two reasons. Number one, the bone fools the body into thinking that it's being nourished physically like the rest of the body when in reality it doesn't derive any physical benefit from one's food and drink that's way number 1 that it acts in deceit and fraud number 2 it deceptively appears to die Along with the rest of the body when in reality it continues to live and exists long after a person died in fact There's a beautiful remez a numerical allusion to this fact in the name Betuel Betuel Which we're saying Betuel Arami is the name for this bone Betuel the gematria Betuel is 439 which is one number less than the numerical equivalent of the word met, met is four hundred and forty. Met means dead, meaning this gematria alludes to the fact that this bone only appears to die, but in reality it continues to live on completely intact. Abotai, this is why this bone only derives benefit from the melave malchamil on Motzei Shabbat. Seeing that Akadosh Baruch Hu created it in a manner that it does not require physical sustenance for it to exist, it only derives benefit from food that is consumed for the sole purpose of serving Hashem, without any physical pleasure. After going three meals... On Shabbat, you're full. You can't even walk after Shabbat. And yet, you're going to sit down one more time and you're eating food, not because you want the food, but because Hashem told you to eat the food. Because Hashem wants you to escort the Shabbat out. The sole reason you partake from food on Motzei Shabbat is to fulfill the mitzvah of accompanying out the Shabbat. He doesn't do it for physical pleasure. And that's why... The loose remains, the bone remains. Yet it's still wondrous and perplexing why the loose bone is referred to as Betuel Ha'arami, which the Zohar called Betuel the fraudulent one. Does the fact that it appears to be benefiting from one's food when in fact it's not, or the fact that it appears to die with the rest of the body when in fact not, does that justify calling it Betuel Arami, Betuel the fraud? Regardless of how you look at it, if its appearances are merely deceptive, but it doesn't intentionally deceive, it's not a true fraud. On the other hand, if it intentionally deceives the body into thinking that it's benefiting from the food of the body, the food that the body consumes, or that it dies along with the body, then we have to explain what benefit accrues to it from this deception. How does all of this make sense with what we started the class with? The statement of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai that this bone is a fraud. It was always a fraud. It's the neighbor of the Yesir Hara which is also a fraud. What was Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai saying over there? So we need to delve one more step deeper if we weren't deep enough. Incredible novel interpretation concerning this passage of the Zohar as to why this bone from which man is destined to be resurrected is referred to as Betuel the fraud. We said that the reason a person should strive to eat even a little kazait, just a small amount of food for the meal on Motzei Shabbat is because this bone, the niskoy, does not benefit from the meal all week long. It only benefits from this, from what you eat on Motzei Shabbat. On this, the Eliyahu Rabbah writes, "Imken lo eno If so, it must be that it does did not partake in the tree of knowledge. Therefore, it does not decay. What is meant by this? When Adam Arishon ate from the tree of knowledge, all of his limbs benefited. And as a consequence, all of the limbs were doomed to return to dust and to disintegrate in the ground. This bone, however, which only benefits from Motzei Shabbat, from the meal of Melave Malka, did not partake from the fruit of the tree because that was eaten before Shabbat. It was eaten on Friday. So the bone did not benefit because it only benefits on Motzei Shabbat. And therefore, it continues to exist without decay. And these this idea is brought down in many places. Why did the loose bone refrain from partaking in the forbidden fruit? Why? The Torah tells us, The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. That Hashem, God, has made. And Unkelus on this pasuk famously writes, That the serpent was more cunning than every beast of the wild. So this serpent... The source of deception and lies cleverly plotted to trap Adam and Chava in his net. And this is why the serpent is called Nehash Ramai, the fraudulent serpent. And this fact is so evident from the lie that it said to Chava. The serpent, and Nehash, told Chava, Ki elokim ki beyom achochem imenu. For God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing of good and bad. And Rashi says on this Pasuk, The serpent said that every craftsman hates others of his crafts. And therefore, God doesn't want you to eat from that tree. God ate from that tree himself, and that's how he created the world. This is how he convinced Chava to eat. He doesn't want you to eat from it, but if you eat from it, you're going to be like you're going to be godly. You're going to be able to to discern between good and bad. So the serpent spoke words of heresy, spoke words of lies in order to deceive Adam and Chava. This serpent, who is the Yetzer Aram. And also the Malach HaMaved had one goal in mind. He wished to impose death on Adam and Chava and all the future descendants that came from them. He figured that if they ate from the tree of knowledge and all of their bodily limbs benefited from that fruit, then they would die a lasting eternal death and would never be resurrected. But Akados Baruch Hu thwarted his plans by introducing the remedy prior to the illness. He already created the loose bone from which man will be resurrected. The loose was aware, certainly aware, that if the serpent knew that it did not participate in eating from the tree of knowledge, then it would assault that bone with whatever negative and impure forces it had to corrupt it with heresy. And that's in fact what happened with the generation of the flood. They were so corrupt that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to wipe them out, including the loose bone, like we said before. Afilu Luz Shershidra HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Nimchae, got rid of it. He decided to wipe out all of mankind. So when the Luz witnessed the deceit and the lies of the serpent, guess what it did? It decided to follow... The guidelines of the Pasuk in Teilim With the devout, you act devoutly. With the wholehearted man, you act wholeheartedly. With the trustworthy, you act trustingly. And last but not least, with the crooked, you act perversely. Just like the this, this, uh, serpent, the Nahash acted cunningly and dishonestly with Adam and Chava, so too the loose bone acted cunningly and dishonestly with the serpent. It pretended that it ate from the tree of knowledge. It fooled the serpent into believing that it died along with the rest of the body. In fact, our rabbis teach us this is the exact method that we need to employ when dealing with the Yetzirah. Kemeni mitzvotecha. David HaMelech says in Te'ilim Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies My enemies refer to the wicked Including the Yitzra And from them I'm able to ascertain The best ways to serve God And to eagerly fulfill the mitzvot And now we can appreciate The praise that the Torah Attributes to the loose bone It's a praise By calling it Betuel ha'arami." The Zohar says, Betuel the fraud. Because the Luz, that bone adopted the ways of the serpent. Deceiving the serpent into thinking that it partook and benefited from the tree of knowledge. Which we know it doesn't do so because that happened on Friday. And it doesn't enjoy any food on Friday or Thursday or Wednesday or Tuesday or Monday or Sunday. It's only Motsa'ei Shabbat. And this is what Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai said. I? It is a fraud. It was always a fraud. And it is the neighbor of the yetzerara which is also a fraud. In other words, he acted as a colleague, as like a friend to the Yetzirah, learning how to act deceitfully in keeping with the tenet of with the crooked, you act perversely. This is the reason that a blessing was not originally instituted, corresponding to the small vertebrae bone known as the luz. Initially, the brachot were only instituted corresponding to the 18 brachot, the 18 vertebrae in the spine that were damaged by the sin of the het, of the etzadat, the tree of knowledge. Why? Because we needed to heal those bones. We need to heal and purify them of the contamination of the nahash. That small vertebrae loose bone, which was not affected by the sin, didn't require healing. The reason why the loose was not harmed by the sin of the etzadat is because it resisted the heresy of the serpent. Unfortunately, when heresy became prevalent, when heresy became widespread among the Jewish people, the Ansheh Keneset HaGdolah, the members of the Great Assembly, the men of the Great Assembly feared that their corruption might affect the loose bone like it did at the time of Noach, before Noach, where God had to destroy the world. And therefore, to address that possibility, they had to institute an additional, a special beracha to counteract the heretics. The bracha of Laminim and And therefore, this Beracha serves to protect the small vertebrae located in the spine known as the loose bone. And Be'ezrat Hashem, I invite you next week for part two of this subject where we discover the magic that is found in this bone. Wishing everybody a wonderful night ahead.